Hi there, super women. Hey, I coordinated mental health and substance abuse services in three counties, the three counties in the state in which I live. And we delivered multi-million dollar services to individuals who needed them. As a result of those experiences, I gained a lot of valuable experience managing teams of professionals, overseeing service delivery, as well as the development of programs. In the day and age in which we live, when in this ongoing pandemic, I realized that I learned a great deal about the connection between employee well-being and service delivery. And we're going to talk about all of those things in just a moment. Because my question to you is, does your workplace help or hurt your well-being? Hey there, we're back. We're going to be talking about employee well-being and your personal well-being today. This is a timely topic with the ongoing pandemic. It's almost like it never ends. Is it ever going to end? Well, we have a great deal of experience dealing with employees, but it's also important for us to have an understanding of how the well-being of employees affects our ability to do business, but also how our understanding affects our ability to retain quality employees. And I'm going to get into that in just a moment. First, I want to remind you, I have to do some housekeeping first, and I want you to, to remind you to follow ML Bailey Consultants on Instagram and on Facebook. That's where you're going to get updates and information about all the things that I'm putting out around. Oh, wow. I had a, I had a, a brain freeze there around stress management for women who are trying to prevent burnout, right? We don't want to run out of energy and we want to have as much energy so that we can continue to do the things that we desire to do. Also, I want you to subscribe to my YouTube channel. You'll find that on ML Bailey Consultants. You'll find replays of our live broadcasts on my YouTube channel, and you'll also find some other things that I think will be helpful to you in your goal to remain not stress-free, but to remain, to have the optimal stress in, the in your life that you desire. So let's talk about well-being. And I'm going to be using my notes because I don't want you to miss anything, okay? I want you to have this information because it's important, especially if you are a manager or a director or an owner of a business. 
it's important to have an understanding of how the well-being of your employees affect your business and how you can help your employees so that you can retain the best of the best because you want to make sure your employees are safe, stable, and secure. And that's what they want as well. So I started by telling you that I managed the mental health and substance abuse services in three counties in the state in which I lived. And I gained a lot of experience about that through that, through that experience. It is real interesting to note that when a company focuses on the well-being of their employees, they not only get better, um, more dedicated employees, they also are able to reach their identified clients, customers, consumers with an ease that they may not have noticed before. I want to talk about, first of all, what the difference is between wellness and well-being. They're not the same. And I know we talk about wellness. You, you hear companies talking about um, organizational wellness and providing wellness services and supports to their employees, which is great. That is a great beginning. But there is a difference between wellness and well-being. So let me talk about wellness first. Um, wellness, as Gallup defines it, is as follows. A healthy lifestyle beyond acute illness. It refers to a state of physical health in which people have the ability and the energy to do what they want to do in life without chronic suffering. I know that's a mouthful. Gallup, as you know, are the people who do a lot of surveys and studies. And Gallup has been working with ShareCare to gather information about well-being. So they've, they've delineated wellness from well-being. Basically, what that statement is saying is that wellness is around your physical health and those activities that you do to maintain physical health. Now, that is really key. What are those activities? Eating healthily, you know, eating lots of fruits, vegetables, um, minimizing your um, meat, red meat intake. Yeah, I know, it's still good. Your red meat intake while maintaining the appropriate level of protein that you need. Getting physical activity, not just once every blue moon, but having an active lifestyle where you're moving your body. We talked about this, what, a month or so ago when we um, talked about how activity helps our stress levels. And I, I mentioned or I, I uh, emphasized that it's important for us to move on a regular basis, to be active and moving, not just sitting and then decide to get up and exercise. What studies have found is when we're actively moving throughout our day, it helps us tremendously 
because it helps our resting metabolism. So wellness is about physical. So it's eating healthily. It's being active, physically active. It's also making sure that we are emotionally healthy and doing those things to maintain emotional and mental health. And as you know, companies are investing a great deal into mental health services for their employees now. You have employee assistance programs that offer mental health services to employees at no charge to the employee, which is a great benefit because the employee can get the mental health services they need, right, without the fear that their employer is going to know or going to use it against them. So wellness is about your physical health and doing the things that you need to do in order to have the energy and the ability to do what you desire and what you need to do in life. Okay. So that's wellness. Well-being is a little different. Well-being refers to five spheres in our lives. Gallup uses these five, five, that was a tongue twister, five spheres and other entities that also um, look at well-being use these spheres as well. Um, The uh, Mayo Clinic is one of the entities that looks at well-being. So the five spheres of life that we're talking about our career or work. The second is social. The third is, and, and when we talk about social, we're talking about relationships, right? The third is financial. How are you managing your money? Or do you have enough money to maintain um, your life or your lifestyle? And then community. And I'm going to talk about each of these in a little more in a little more detail um, without trying to take up all of our time because we don't have a lot of time. Right. So when we're talking about career, basically, the question is, are you doing the work? Are you liking the work that you do? Are you enjoying the work that you do every day? That's a very basic question. So Gallup and some of the other entities that look at well-being are asking these questions um, of individuals. Do you like what you do? Do you like the, the work that you do? Do you like how you do that work? What about the environment that you're working in? What is that like? Does that contribute to Um, how you feel about the work that you're doing? They're asking those questions. Now, you might say, well, this is all subjective. Yes, it is. It is subjective. It is based on how you perceive your work, how you perceive the environment in which you work in. And that is pertinent because that impacts your overall well-being. Now, companies didn't always look at well-being, right? They were focused on physical health, the physical body. 
Now they are realizing because of the research that is being done and studies that are being done, they realize that well-being is a much bigger concern. It's global. It's more holistic. And in order to uh, support their employees, companies are going to have to look at holistic supports, not just physical supports. So number one, do you like the work that you do? Do you like the environment you do your work in? I mean, do you even like the people you're working with? Those are serious questions that are being asked in order to determine your well-being. So I would ask you, what do you feel about the work that you're doing? There was an article, I saw an article very recently that showed that um, social service agencies and organizations are losing people. They're, people are leaving that, that type of work. It's, it's unfortunate because they are not able to maintain. Many of the people that I have worked with over the years who work in social services enjoy the work. They feel that they are providing a service to their community, but the stress and the pressure that they're under has caused them to leave and look for other work that is more in line with um, what they desire and more in line with how they want to maintain their life and their lifestyle. So do you like the work that you do every day? The second question that um, relates to um, the spheres, which is connected to social relationships are, do you have meaningful relationships in your life? Whether those relationships are through family or friends, colleagues, coworkers, do you have meaningful relationships? And with the pandemic, what we're finding is that people are losing close relationships. They're losing the people who were close to them. Um, very, <laughs> this past week, uh, lost someone that, um, a colleague of mine that I worked with. It's very difficult to, to learn that that person had passed away from complications of COVID. Very difficult. So people are losing friends, relatives, colleagues, coworkers who are close to them, who, with whom they have meaningful relationships. So this is another area in which individuals are struggling, particularly now during the time of COVID. So organizations, companies need to be aware of this because again, this affects an individual's well-being. It's important for us to have connections, connections with other people. It's important for us to have someone that we can share um, stories with and share time with, share jokes with, um, that we can laugh and talk to. People that we can take our most intimate um, information and feelings to and know that it will be protected. That's who makes up those meaningful relationships, people who fall into those categories. And so 
it's important for companies and organizations to understand that when we lose people who are dear to us, it affects our ability to do our job, to attend to the work, to pay attention, and to put our all into what we do. So another area that is important that falls is one of the three spheres is financial. And, and when we're talking about financial, we're talking about household finances and managing money. That causes a lot of stress, right? We know that people get divorced around money. When, when we ask what issue um, bring, or people, even when they come to therapy, when they come, when couples come to see me, it's usually around, and I'm not laughing because of that, but it, all of a sudden I was like, oh yeah, that's right. It's usually around a couple of areas. One is relationships, family, friends, relationships, and the other is money. Can you believe that? I'm sure you do. You probably know that. It's around money. So part of our well-being deals with how we manage money. If you're very, if you have a lot of debt, or if you've lost your job, or if you've paid, you've had to take a pay cut, there's a lot of stress around that. And that affects your well-being, right? Stress is one of those things that if you're under chronic stress, it contributes to those conditions that uh, like diabetes or heart disease. So money is one of those areas in which if there's an issue in your home or in your household, it's going to cause you to have some major concerns. Again, companies need to be aware. Now, am I saying that companies need to be in your business? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But it's important for companies to provide supports for people who fall in that category. And as we know, during the pandemic, not right now, people have lost jobs. People have lost um, people um, because of death or transition. People who were once breadwinners in a household are gone or because of hospital bills, money is very tight or people are now in a lot of debt because of their hospital bills. So this is an area that's going to affect your overall well-being. And it's important for companies to understand that. Energy versus fatigue. Now, remember, we said that wellness was to have the ability and the energy to do what you want to do in life without suffering, right? Without chronic suffering. So if you're tired, if you're not sleeping well, you can't get good sleep at night, you're either, you can't fall asleep right away, you are, um, <laughs> you toss and turn at night, you're having bad dreams, like nightmares and you're waking up, you're startled awake. Um, if you're having trouble breathing, 
if you wake up at three, two, three in the morning and you can't go back to sleep, you are not experiencing quality sleep. It's just not happening. And because of that, it's difficult, again, to attend to work. You're physically tired. You're emotionally tired. You're mentally exhausted. And you're fatigued. You're about to hit burnout. Again, companies need to be aware of that, of these things, because they need to be able to provide support to assist those employees who are having that type of struggle. And then we're talking about well-being also includes community, community life. Now, when we think about community, we think about, many of us think about living in a neighborhood um, or in a place that is safe, stable, and secure. It's safe that you feel safe going out, walking down your street. Um, You feel safe that no one's going to break into your home or try to steal your car or take your possessions or belongings. You feel safe that no one's going to attack you, right? You want to feel um, stable. You want your thank you for the heart. You want to, you want to, you think about a place in which you're, it's stable, that the neighborhood hasn't transitioned. It's, it's very, it's safe. It's, you feel secure. There are, um, people are not, um, the houses aren't changing or the apartment living isn't changing. The people who live there have common goals and common beliefs about how the neighborhood should be maintained. And so the neighborhood is stable. You're not seeing a lot of major or sweeping changes in terms of who lives there and not necessarily who lives there, but the, and this is a sensitive subject, y'all. I just want to be honest with you. You want to live in a community where um, people have a common desire for everyone to experience safety and security. Okay, maybe I can say it that way because it is it is a sensitive issue regardless of who lives there. I'm gonna add that. Regardless of who lives there, everyone feels safe and secure. You can talk to your neighbors. Yesterday, I was talking to my neighbor um, and we talk to our neighbors where we live. We enjoy our neighbors. We, we um, laugh with our neighbors. We text our neighbors. Um, are we in and out of each other's homes? No, we're not. But when we see each other, we can stop and we can have a conversation. Except for the people with the dogs who bark all the time. But okay, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> it is. It's a whole nother story. So community life means a lot too. But it's not just in your neighborhood. It's in your region. Do you feel safe, stable, and secure in your region? Do you have grocery stores that you can go to easily? Do you have the services that you need? Is your trash picked up on a regular basis? Do they recycle if that's important to you? Um, are you? Are your schools, do you have schools that you trust to teach your children well? 
Do you feel comfortable with your teenager going to the high school football game? All of these things fall under community and community life. So this is what, when we're talking about well-being, we are talking about these spheres, okay? And I'll repeat them, career, social, financial, and community. What I say, four spheres, okay? So how can an employer help with this? How can an employer provide support to their employees when to promote well-being, to go beyond wellness because they're getting wellness down. They got, they're getting that. They're doing a pretty good job, I think, in terms of wellness, but moving into the realm of being supportive of an employee's well-being. Well, I'm going to share some things that Jeffrey uh, Pfeffer, who is the Thomas D. D. the second professor of organizational behavior at the Graduate School of Business um, in Stanford. There was a gnat. That's why I was waving <laughs> at the Stanford uh, at Stanford University, and he cites a couple of things that are um, beneficial and that encourage employee well-being. The first is job control. Now, when he talks about job control, he is actually talking about providing or allowing employees to have autonomy in their jobs. Basically, being able to decide how they're going to do the job, how they're going to work, giving them decision-making abilities to decide how they're going to do it in order to get it done within the parameters of the work experience, right? So that's one of the things, having job control. He also uh, advises that we need to um, dissuade managers from micromanaging. Now, I have been very uh, fortunate in that I have had very few micromanagers, maybe because I worked primarily in mental health for much of my career. And mental health people understand that we don't need people looking over our shoulders, right? We don't need people asking us a ton of questions or making sure we dot I's and cross T's because we do. We understand the importance of doing that. And when we are able to do our work and do it the way we know it needs to be done, we do an exceptional job. He says, Dr. Pfeffer says that autonomy and fluidity increase motivation, job satisfaction, as well as performance. So companies and organizations can encourage employee well-being by promoting roles, job roles, that have autonomy as well as fluidity. That's number one. Number two, providing social supports. So we've all worked in uh, organizations or companies in which there's a lot of competition and there's um, 
quite a few transactional practices. Uh, I'll do something for you if you do something for me. Or competitiveness where, you know, let me try to outdo you so I can get the eye of the boss, so I can get that promotion. And he says, and I think wisely says, that companies would do better by creating and fostering supportive environments where employees support each other. You know, it's not like your family <laughs> where you got to outdo your sister or your brother to get mommy or daddy's attention. It's not like that. But when we can support or foster supportive environments, that's when we can get, we can retain employees, we can promote well-being, and we can get exceptional service and service deli delivery and product development. So how does that support look? First, we want to build long-term relationships, not only with our clients or customers, but with our employees. We want to get to know our employees, get to know what's important to them. And again, I'm not saying that companies should get into your, into your business, but what I'm saying is, a company should understand what you value and your what you value should be congruent with what the company values, right? So the company should build long-term relationships with its employees, not only with its customers or its clients. Also, it should, the company should, encourage employees to support causes that are close to them. Do you feel that it's important to support the local food bank? And if you do, your company should support you in that. The company in supporting you in that should also contribute to show that they support you in your efforts. Do you, are you a Girl Scout leader? And do you have a troop? Your company should support you in that. Let's say you have to go to, you're going camping with your, your troop. The company should give you, or they could give you time off to do that, to encourage you to continue mentoring these young girls. So that's when I'm, that's part of making sure your well-being is intact. Another thing that a company can do is to change the language of the hierarchy. You know, that hierarchy that separates leadership from line staff. Yes, you may be the manager overall, but do you have to wear that on your chest? <laughs> I'm the boss. When I was over the, when I was over the mental health and substance abuse services, I always presented myself as a regular person. Everyone knew that I was, I supervised everything. Everyone knew that my, it was my neck on the line if things went south. But I didn't have an office with a window. I gave that to my staff. I made sure my staff had the office with the window. I didn't have an office with a window. I also made sure that I never asked them to do something that I would not do myself. 
And if they were struggling, if our numbers were up and they needed assistance, they didn't have to ask me to jump in. I just did it because I wanted to show them that, yes, I get it. Yes, I'm in charge, so to speak. <laughs> I'm in charge, but I want to support them because in supporting them, I make sure that they are well and that our clients got what they needed fully. Last but not least, Dr. Pfeffer says that companies should foster relationship building and strengthen that through common connections. This is, a, this is very important, especially now when it seems as if we are so divided in what we think and what we believe. We want to find those commonalities and foster connections through that. And we want to make it such that people have an opportunity to talk to each other, even on the job, to get to know each other and to get to know what they value. This is an important piece that helps us when we're talking about employee well-being. Because you want to go into, you want to go to work to an environment in which you feel comfortable, in which you feel safe, in which you feel stable and secure. Those are my three S's, safety, security, and stability. Those are very important for us because when we feel those things, we are experiencing them, our stress levels are very low. I know that's off camera. Our stress levels are low. <laughs> They're low. And these are this is how companies can help maintain employee well-being. So again, I ask you, does your workplace help or hurt your well-being? And if so, perhaps you can talk to some of those, some of the people in charge, some of your supervisors or your managers and share some of these suggestions with them. Also, if you're the one, if you're the decision maker in your organization, maybe you can do a little bit more research to also support the well-being of your staff. I'm Marceline Bailey. I'm glad you joined me today. Next week, I won't be around. I'll be traveling. So I'll have something, uh, I'll have something pretty sweet for you though. For now, take good care. Be safe. <laughs>